Alleluia, Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders on this glorious day of our Lord's resurrection. The good news of Easter is this. When God looks at me as I trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, He sees me as His perfect, righteous Son. It's an Easter gift we rejoice in. Stay with us for our message, Re-Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Stay with us as we celebrate the greatest day in history. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we rejoice this day in the good news of the resurrection. You are amazing, and we are filled with wonder and praise and thanksgiving as we consider what you have done for us through the cross and resurrection. Alleluia. Amen. Yeah. 
Our reading for Easter is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And the women remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. That was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But the word seemed to the apostles an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened.
Dear friends, all around the world today, churches are filled to overflowing with people celebrating Easter. And folks outside the Christian faith are wondering, what are we to make of this Easter? What's the big deal regarding this Christian holiday? Maybe you're even asking that question as you listen in today. So I thought I'd take a few minutes and respond to that question regarding Easter. Perhaps you've already noticed that I'm using a lot of re-words in this introduction, and there's a reason. You see, there are many re-words in this story that jump out at us as we read it. First, for instance, we see a reappearance. The women, having left the tomb on Friday, reappear on Sunday with spices to anoint the body of Jesus. It was a sign of their love and respect for their dead friend. It's kind of like how we bring flowers to the cemetery. Our next word is reopened. The huge stone that covered the tomb was now rolled away and the tomb was reopened. The women went in, discovered the body of the Lord Jesus was gone, this tomb was empty. I heard someone once say that the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out, but to let them in, to witness the emptiness of that tomb. Their friend was not there. Next there is reproof. Two angels appear, and in their fear, the women bowed their faces to the ground before them, and the words spoken by the angels are a reproof. They asked them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I have to believe, by the way, that the angel was probably smiling as he said this to them. Had a look in his face like, I can't wait to tell you the big surprise that I have for you. The joke is on you, silly ones. He's living. Well, next is the word revealing. He reveals to them the amazing news of what God has done. He says, Jesus is not here. He is risen, which literally is translated, he has been raised. The one who was dead... The dying man they had watched breathe his last on the cross as they stood off watching in the distance. Jesus, their master and friend whom they watched laid in a rich man's tomb, was now alive. Following that news, there is the reminder that's given them. Before they could respond to this amazing news, the angel reminded them of something Jesus had said. He said, remember how Jesus told you while he was still in Galilee that he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. There's those words again. He must. Divine necessity. Jesus said it not once but three times. God's divine plan for rescuing a sinful world had to be fulfilled. And now it has been with the resurrection. And then we're told the women remembered the words of Jesus spoken earlier. You might wonder 
Are we seeing a bit of faith on their part in this story as they remember? Yeah, perhaps. But if it was, it's hard to see it. Well, then the women return from the tomb and they recall the experience to the disciples, to all the rest. And we get to the last word, rejected. The 11 disciples, remember now, Judas is dead, rejected their news. These words to them seemed like an idle tale, and they did not believe them. By the way, I think all of this doubt on the part of the disciples gives the resurrection even more credence when you think about it. You see, first of all, it's women who were the first witnesses. No person making this story up in order to get people to buy in would have had women witnessing to the resurrection. They had no status in this patriarchal society. They, they could not even be witnesses in a court. And if this was made up and you wanted it to be more convincing, wouldn't you think the disciples would have responded, Risen? Of course he is. Jesus said this would happen. But that wasn't their response, was it? There was only rejection. They thought the women were crazy with their grief and they would not believe. Even Peter, who ran to the tomb and saw the folded grave clothes, only walked away from it, marveling at what had happened. No faith there. So our Easter narrative has reappearing, reopening, reproof, reminding, remembering, returning, recalling, and rejection. Did you notice what re-word is missing in this good news story? Rejoicing. I guess that's left for us to do. For we know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say on the radio. We know that shortly after the empty tomb experience, there are many appearances of Jesus, the risen Lord, to those disciples, showing himself to them again and again. Even doubting Thomas became convinced. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And we can rejoice because the good news regarding Easter is for us. We are reminded that death is defeated. Jesus has won the battle over the power of death. I remember a cute story I read by Phil Calloway about a drive he was making with his five-year-old son one day. It goes like this. One sleepy Sunday afternoon when my son was five years old, we drove past the cemetery together, noticing a large pile of dirt beside a newly excavated grave. He pointed and said, Look, Dad, one got out. I laughed. But now every time I pass a graveyard, I'm reminded of the one who got out. And because one got out, friend... All who die trusting in Jesus Christ get out and they live with him forever. Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. Some of us have lost loved ones, friends since last Easter. I have. 
And as I pray for those families as their pastor and friend, I ask that God would fill them with resurrection, confidence, peace in the midst of their grieving, that they would claim it for themselves, as well as leaning on the risen Jesus on a daily basis. Sometimes when I do a funeral for someone that I don't really know at the funeral home, people will ask me as a pastor, isn't it hard to do a funeral for someone you don't know? And my response is no, because funerals are for the living. And these living, grieving people who sit there are filled with anxiety and fears about their own death. And they're hungering and thirsting for what I have to tell them about Easter and the promises that are there for them to claim for themselves. My dear friends, because he lives, the promise for you to count on as you trust in Jesus is, you shall live also. A close friend of mine is going through chemotherapy right now for multiple myeloma. As soon as I heard about it, I called him and I heard the most amazing words come from his mouth. He said, Brother Steve, I'm not afraid. I know where I'm going if this doesn't work for me. And I know he is with me and I belong to him. That's why we can rejoice. And Easter also means that my sin really is forgiven, forgotten forever. The resurrection of Jesus is God's stamp of approval upon Jesus, the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. He has taken my place, the unrighteous one, Steve Kramer, and he has become that unrighteousness and taken the punishment upon himself and given me his own righteousness as I stand before my Heavenly Father. Elise Fitzpatrick writes, Just in case you're unaware, identity theft occurs when someone steals your name and other personal information for fraudulent use. Most of us are dismayed by this new cyber age crime, and rightfully so. And we wouldn't assume that the theft of another person's identity is acceptable behavior. The surprising reality, however, is that Christians are by definition people who have taken someone else's identity. They're called Christians because they've taken the identity of someone else, Jesus the Christ. Not only have you been given an identity that you weren't born with or that you didn't earn the right to use, but you're invited to empty the checking account and use all the benefits this identity brings. This is so much better than identity theft. It's an identity gift. When God looks at me, trusting in his son Jesus Christ, he sees me as his perfect righteous son. As a, that's a gift. That's the Easter gift that we rejoice in. And get this, Easter also means that you do not have to live a single moment of your life alone, ever. 
He lives. He's not a figure in a history book or a stained glass window. He is present. He is alive to walk with you in a relationship. And he promises, I'll never leave you orphaned and alone. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. That's what the hymn says. Then it it begins by saying, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Oh, what great news that is. I have Jesus to be my friend. As I close this time with you, there's one more word that I need to bring to your attention regarding Easter. And that word is receive. The gift of Christ's rescue of you and me is freely offered to each and every person to be received. We hold out our empty hands and receive it, so to speak. It means placing your faith in the risen Jesus Christ. This good news of Easter calls for a response, a response of faith. He did all this that you might receive him and have eternal life. Knowing about Jesus and knowing about what he's done is really incomplete. He wants you to receive him. To have you in a saving relationship with him. It involves, you see, turning from the direction and the thinking your life has been taking you and turning to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Surrendering yourself to the one who awaits you with open arms who will not turn you away. I have to ask you today, as you look back over your life, have you done that? Received him to be your Savior and Lord, the leader of your life. I want to close today with a story I came across by Tim Keller about the power and the promise of Christ's resurrection. A minister was in Italy, and there he saw the grave of a man who had died centuries before, who was an unbeliever and completely against Christianity, but a little afraid of it too. So the man had a huge stone slab put over his grave so that he would not have to be raised from the dead in case there is a resurrection from the dead. He had insignias put on it saying, I do not want to be raised from the dead. I do not believe in it. Evidently, when he was buried, though, an acorn must have fallen into the grave. So a hundred years later, the acorn had grown up through the grave and split that rock slab. It was now a tall, towering oak tree. The minister looked at it and asked, 
If an acorn which has power of biological life in it can split a slab of that magnitude, what can the acorn of God's resurrection power do in a person's life? And then Keller comments, The minute you decide to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit comes into your life. It's the power of the resurrection, the same thing that raised Jesus from the dead. Think of the things you see as immovable slabs in your life, your bitterness, your insecurity, your fears, your self-doubts. Those things can be split and rolled off. The more you know him, the more you grow into the power of the resurrection. He's risen. He's risen indeed. My dear friends, receive him and rejoice. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may the risen Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over and within you, to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has blessed you with the knowledge that the same power that raised Christ from the dead can shatter the bitterness, insecurity, fears, and self-doubt in your life. If you enjoyed today's message and are in a position to do so, we ask you to consider helping to support this ministry with your prayers and gifts. Visit us online at christiancrusaders.org. Or you can mail your gifts to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. All gifts are tax deductible. You are invited to check us out on our webpage, christiancrusaders.org. It features poignant graphics highlighting this week's message, along with previous week's messages. 
Visitors can also learn more about the ministry and share their prayer concerns. And if you would like a more in-depth look at today's message, be sure to friend us on Facebook. Make a note to visit us online today. Time is drawing short to register for our annual preaching conference, a one-day conference for pastors and spiritual leaders. This year's event will be held Monday, April 29th from 9 to 3 at Nazareth Lutheran Church in Cedar Falls, Iowa. For more information and to register, visit us online at christiancrusaders.org or call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders is blessed to have broadcast biblical truth continuously since 1936. From all of us at Christian Crusaders, have a blessed Easter.